Christian soldiers, pick up your day's approaching us very fast, isn't it? Uh, we just see the signs and the times all around us, and we're so thankful to be in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Wow. God bless you all. It's sure good to be here. It's a privilege to be here. You know, and some of you I, I know, and some of you I don't. I've got to know some over the weekend, but if you don't know me, that's fine. I'm just a nobody, but uh, who I'm representing is very important. And I... <laughs> So, who I'm representing, and what you represent too as well, when you're on the streets, when you're at work, the same God, our same Father. Amen? God bless you. We're just so thankful for that. I have to say, I always always hold this special in my heart. Brother Harold inviting me a few months back, and I was quite quite taken back. I was quite humbled by it. And uh, he said, I just want you to say something that will help encourage the young people. So, that's what I'm here to do is do that, and uh, I believe you'll trust God will give you an encouragement as well while you're here. Amen? So we just want to thank you all for the lovely hospitality over the grad, the Friday night. It was a wonderful meal. I got to know Ed, Brother Brother Ed better, and the other ministers, and some of the other ones. It was so nice. And then, as they're mentioning, Brother Andrew and Sister Melissa put on a right, really nice show for us <laughs> camp. And uh, it was just uh, just all the obstacles and so forth. It was it was a, it was a good time. It was got to know him a bit better and his wife and some of the other ones. So, <clears throat> and then of course we're, uh, we've been staring at Brother Marion's and Sister Kara's, and uh, we certainly want to thank them very much for their hospitality. God richly bless you. You know they're just uh, we live to serve one another, and I see in their lives. You know Brother Ram said that eternal life is actually living for others. Yes. He says when you live your life to yourself, he says he says you can do good things and that's fine, but if you live life to yourself, that's not eternal life. Right. He said eternal life is living for others. Amen. And we certainly see that exemplified in their lives. So God, we should bless you. So, amen. So I guess without further ado, we'll get into the Word. <clears throat> amen. If you have your scriptures or their, your Bibles here, you can be all, you can stay standing as we read God's Word. <clears throat> We're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read the verse 8, 9, and 10. And so it reads just like this For ye were sometimes darkness. Not in darkness, were darkness. Your lives were completely dark at one time. But now are ye light. I love that. (laughs) In the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, 
proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Let's just bow our hearts. Word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for your wonderful grace in our lives, Lord. And Father, these words are just three, three verses of the Bible. Lord, they're so powerful because they're your eternal word. Amen. And Lord, we know we could never completely reveal all the truth of that, Lord, but we just want to peel back. Your pages now, Lord, may you reveal yourself to us here this morning. We can read the word, but Lord, it takes you to reveal it to us, Father. So Lord, I pray you just use me in your, in my own, your own way, and just may we all feel comfortable, Lord. May you, just, you just, uh, just bless us here today, Lord, and bless the word now as we've read it. In Jesus Christ's name, and the church says... Amen. God bless you. You have your seats. <clears throat> well, I'm going to take this off right oh, right there. All right. I'm going to take this off right away because <clears throat> I feel really at home here already. So I feel really good. Amen. So I'd like to title this God's Continual Vindication. A Continual Vindication. So I want to start just very basic. So we realize the truth that God has given us in this day. It's the message of the hour, right? Right, So, but when God does something, the majority of this world have rejected it. The majority have turned it down. The majority have made fun of it. The majority have ridiculed it. But to a believer, it really doesn't matter because unbelief does not hinder God's program. Are you thankful for that? Well, I'm sure thankful. <laughs> so really, you know, it really doesn't matter. So it's really, as we see it, as time's drawing close to an end, we realize it's manifesting time. You see, so when you see all the critics and you see all the unbelievers and you see all the make-believers, really what that does is really just identify what's really inside of them. It really just, it just provides their identity right in front of you, that realizing what side of the fence they're on who they are and who they aren't. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) You see, because God will always force you to show your colors. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's nothing hid, friends. So you might be, you know, might, you might see secrets in it. So, oh, I, you know, I know that person's doing that, but you know, whatever, you know, they're, they're getting away with something. No, they ain't getting away with nothing. There's no such thing as a secret sinner (laughs) because they're all seeing eyes on you. (laughs) <clears throat> you so we realize again, see, you know, so and so. So we look at this. You see, so no matter how much unbelief is out there, no matter how much rejection is out there, there is going to be somebody in this day that is going to receive Christ. There is going to be somebody that receives the message of the hour. There's going to be someone that receives the prophet to this age. There's going to be someone that receives the truth of this age. There's going to be someone to receive the revelation of the hour. There will be somebody. Are you one of them? (laughs) You see, but before God's children can believe it, and I'm just, I'm starting slow here, and I'm going to start on, and I like to preach to everybody. I like to preach to the kids, young people, everybody. So before it can, we can believe someone, it must be vindicated to be the truth. Amen? So what does vindication mean? Vindication means to afford justification for, to prove. Now, we have found that God proved to us 
who the prophet to this age was. He proved to us on tape who Malachi 4 was, because Malachi 4 has been fulfilled in this day. He's he's proved to us through that that he's the same. He doesn't change. He's proved to us that he still heals. He proved to us that the Bible has always been right, and it always will be right. God has proved to us that on through the message. But what does it have to do with me? (laughs) You see, because you believe it now, Christ is coming to say, now that you've received me into your life, you've received the message of the hour, now I want to prove my resurrection power through your life now. (laughs) What does it mean, Brother Ben? It means that God's not done vindicating yet. What do you mean, Brother Brent? I thought it stopped in 65. No, that's where it started. (laughs) You see, because God was restoring back to our original condition. So I didn't stop in 1965. Oh, no, that's where it just started. That's where this gets really interesting. Because now you can take that message of the hour and realize through the Bible and the message, you've got such a powerful weapon against the devil. (laughs) It's just begun. Oh, it's just begun. (laughs) Just begun. Isn't it almost over? (laughs) Oh, it just began there. God is continually proving this gospel. I'm going to get my head myself here. Through you. Wow. My, oh, my. So we recognize very clearly who Brother Brand, what Brother Brand's purpose was, don't we? We realize his calling. So when the message came... The message came with a purpose. The message never came just to bring us a new idea. The message came not just to live better lives. The message came not just to make us a better people. Those is good. It's all part of it. The message never came just for us to dress better. Not just to reveal the mysteries, although it was good, we did need that. Not just to reveal serpent seed. What? Not just marriage and divorce. Not all those things. But you know what? It was to turn our hearts. All right? And you say, well, is that it? No, that's still not even it. He has turned our hearts. So now it's turned. Now what? You ever thought about that? Oh, I mean, it's not over yet. Now that my heart's turned. Oh, so I guess we just sit here and wait. Come, Lord. Our hearts are turned. We're ready. Yeah, we should always be ready. That's not a yet. <laughs> what the message of the hour came to do, young people, listen to this, is to put us back into relationship. <sighs> That's what the message came to do. So what did it do? It put the believer now into into a certain position and it put him into his rightful position. One which was lost, which gives us an authority. 
So now what are your homes? Your homes are homes of authority. Your homes are homes of authority. Young people, you're not just young people anymore. You are young people with authority. (laughs) Our lives are lives of authority. So the message of the hour came to produce an authority in your life. So you may identify here this morning. We were talking about that on Friday night. You may identify as a housewife. You may identify as a lay member. You may identify as a trustee, as a deacon, a musician, a song leader, a preacher. It really doesn't matter in that respect. But in all those positions, you still have all the same authority. We're gathered today, not under a creed. We're not gathered today under a denomination. We're gathered under the word. And where the carcass is, (laughs) eagles will gather. So without the word, this is just another gathering. Without the message, it really has no purpose. So the message has come to produce an authority in your life. You know, the police can't physically stop cars. (laughs) I haven't seen one yet. (laughs) With his hand. But what has he got? He's got authority. Something is backing him. (laughs) He's got some authority behind him that when he steps out there, that authority is there and they know it. The devil knows if you got God's authority. He knows if you've been born again. (laughs) He knows. He knows if you're a secret sinner, but he knows if you've got the Holy Ghost too. You know why? Because he's going to try you on that. (laughs) He's going to make you prove it. So through Christ, you see, that's why we don't have to try to manufacture anything. Nothing. We don't have to try to manufacture miracles in our life. We don't have to try to manufacture healing. We don't have to try to manufacture joy, peace, and long-suffering. We don't have to try to manufacture that. As a believer, those just come when Christ comes inside of your heart. (laughs) You don't have to be put on. (laughs) Just be who you are. You ever heard that saying? Be who you are. Be who you are. <laughs> my, my. But I'm not sure about you, but I hope you're on the same level as me here. As when I am glad this morning. No, I, I'm going to say that to better. I am thrilled this morning to be identified with God's message here that today. I'm thrilled in this day to be identified with Christ. As Brother Bam would say, I'm thrilled to be identified with those tongue-speaking Acts 2.38 children. Because that's the only kind of children it produces. (laughs) My, my. Brother Brent, you're getting a little fanatical. That's okay. Just leave me the way I am. I'm happier this way. You know what Brother Brent says? Is God scared a little of those ones? He's more scared of those people that are scared of fanaticism than he is of the fanatics. (laughs) Oh, my. And if a German squareback, squarehead, Mennonite German is telling you that, you better listen up. Because we can tend to be a little starchy. <laughs> well, what are you, Brother Brent? Are you really a German Mennonite? No, really, I'm not a German Mennonite, even though I was born that. 
Well, what are you in the natural? Are you a Canadian? Nope, I'm not a Canadian. Well, what in the world are you, Brother Brandt? And let me tell you what I am. I actually come from a place that's, that's really, really happy, where a lot of people are shouting, where a lot of people are screaming, where there's a lot of joy, where there's a lot of happiness, where my loved ones are right now that I've gone on before. And let me tell you something, brother, sister. If I came from there, guess where I'm going back to? <laughs> We're going back to where we came from. So if you came from there, you've got representation, temptation there, and you're going right back there. <laughs> like a baseball game, Brother Ed. What is the whole object of the baseball game? You start at home base, don't you? What is the whole purpose? First base, Martin Luther. Second base, John Wesley. Third base, Pentecost. And through the message of the hour, what's it going to do? It's going to take us back right to home base. You're going to come back and go exactly where you came from. Home base. Home base. That sound good? Home base? <laughs> I'm waiting for my better half. <laughs> my other half's waiting there right now. You know that? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> my, my. <sighs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just got a glimpse of my heavenly home. <laughs> oh, my. Well, let's keep going. <clears throat> my, my. So, as we keep going here now, you think of it now. Back up a little bit, but see, so Brother Bam's vindication was not your vindication. <clears throat> you follow me? So he was vindicated, but God still had to prove himself to him through a coal woodshed in the back there where he got the Holy Ghost. And now the gift and the calling that he had in his life, he had to fulfill his purpose. Now that's not your vindication or my vindication. Oh, what do you mean? I'm not sent as a messenger. Now there's Brother Ed. Now there's none of us. But it doesn't stop there. We talked about authority. Think of this. Now that the restoration is complete, and Brother Bannon was on the scene, completed the full restoration of the bride tree. Now we as a church move with power and authority in our lives. What's God trying to do? God's continually... Here this day and throughout your life going to try to continually prove himself, vindicate himself through your life, through the authority he's given you, through your calling, through your position in Christ, through your abilities. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you pick up that instrument, you musicians, what have you got in your hand? You've got something. I can cast out a devil. Amen. Look at David. When he played his little harp, I cast out devils. Take your gift and let God work himself through you. He's going to prove himself through you right to the congregation. And he already has. <laughs> Think of that. Who am I? God is trying to continually vindicate himself through your life. So when you think of it, every time we assemble, every time we gather, that's why it's so important, brother, sister. 
God is trying to prove himself in this church here this morning. If he can get someone, anyone to believe and accept it, God will show his vindication power in this church this morning. Because you know what? He loves to do that. God is more willing than you are willing. Do you know that? These angels stand all lined around this tabernacle waiting for someone to take a hold of God's word. Someone to rise up on that thing and say, that's mine. I claim it. I'm taking ownership of it. I own it. And it's mine. God says, all right, right there. Right there, I see that. Go heal him right now, right now. Right in the atmosphere. He vindicates that he still heals. He wants to vindicate here this morning that he can still bring joy. He wants to vindicate himself that he still saves. He wants to vindicate himself that he still forgives sins. He wants to... He wants to vindicate that there's victory here this morning. Amen. Yeah. Remember, he's more willing than you are. So where are you at? Do you really want it? You see, in our walk, well, let's just be right honest with us, ourselves here. <clears throat> we are at this stage here because of our decisions. If we really want more of the Lord, we can have more. But let me put a little stinger in here. I don't mean to, but do you want more of him? Oh, praise God, I want more, I want more, I want more. And we saw on Saturday with the actions and so forth. Well, then your actions will show it. Calm this place. Woo, she's getting hot in here. It's true. If you want more, you can have more. God says, here it is. But I've got a law, I've got a word, and you have to come on that basis to get it. So do you want it? If you want it, you can have it. And it's free. It doesn't cost you a penny. And yet it's the most precious gift in the world. How does that make sense, Brother Brand? That's the God we serve. <laughs> my, my. So it's more than the word. It's more than the Holy Spirit. It's more than the prophet. Yes, it's, it's just... It ain't just mom and dad either. There's going to be some young people in this day that get the revelation of the hour. There's going to be some young people that move forward and say, I'm going to stand on this truth. I saw mom do it. I saw dad do it. I saw grandparents do it. And now it's my turn. I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for the message. I'm going to live it. I'm going to believe it. I'm taking ownership of it. I'm taking ownership of that word. This message of the hour has become part of me. I I become part of the message. You mean the rapture can't happen without me? No, it can't. (laughs) Woo! My, my. Young people, let no man despise your youth. As Paul said to Timothy, 
I believe those are words of wisdom. I really do. You look at all the heroes in the faith. You look at Josiah, and you look at David, and you look at all the other ones. Heroes for God. But you say, yeah, but Brother Brandon, you don't get it though. Like, I'm just, I'm just so-and-so. I'm just, I'm just a nobody. I come from this, and maybe this happened to my parents and so forth. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a nobody. I'd like to bring you back to another story, actually, in the Bible. <clears throat> it actually had to do with five small stones. I thought they were nobodies either. But it just depends whose hand you're in. <laughs> because those stones thought they were nothing, but picked up and put in the right hand, what did they become? Those little stones became giant slayers. <laughs> Woo! When you're in the right hands, you become the giant slayer of this day. <laughs> oh, I'm just a stone, but in the right hand, with the right faith, <laughs> you go slay your slay your Goliath. Don't ever discount what God's done in your life. Because there's a purpose for that. And we'll get into that. When the pages of this Bible become real to you. (laughs) When the life and what was said on those tapes become your thoughts, your ambitions, your actions, your words. Let me just tell you. You're on the right track. <laughs> my, my. Then what is it, Brother Brent? You see, when you receive that word, you become the living, breathing, walking, talking message of the hour. Woo! I mean, Brother Brent just didn't want to keep it all to himself. No. Gave it out. This isn't for me. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for your grandparents. It's for your mom and dad. It's to whosoever will and can receive it. (laughs) Oh, no. And God wants us to share it. Sure, let's don't be stingy with it. Let's give it out to anybody who wants to receive it. Yeah. Don't be ashamed of the very thing that brought you to this place today. If you're still ashamed of this gospel, let me just give you a little update on your revelation. You ain't born again yet. A believer isn't ashamed in what he believes in. He isn't ashamed of eternal life. I'm not ashamed to say I believe the message. I'm not ashamed to say that every word's inspired in this. I'm not ashamed to say he still heals. I'm not ashamed to say he still speaks with tongues. I'm not ashamed of anything. Why? Because I see what it did in my life. And it's a reality. If someone can get excited and be all fanatical about a sports game, what ought the church of the living God, friends, when we are here in this building and the reality of Christ in here, the reality of eternal life in your life, what is that worth to you? 
That's why I get a little fanatical. You know why? Because I realize where I came from. I realize where he's brought me to, but woo, it doesn't end there. I'm just really happy I know where I'm going. <laughs> woo! Whew. This story doesn't end, friends, with time being over. All the reality and all the happiness just begins for the believer. <laughs> it just begins. <clears throat> My. <clears throat> he's going to pull the voice, voice box right out of me. <clears throat> what is it? You see, because now, because you become part of Christ, you are now pregnant with that word. You see, when you become pregnant with that word, you start living God, you start acting like God, you start dressing like God would want you to dress. Why? Because there's something inside of you that's pushing it from you. And something you have to try to push and manufacture, it's pushing out joy in your life. It's pushing out. There's something inside you that's kicking. It's like the little, like that little, Brother Ram talks about that little, that pond, that, that stream. What's, something's pushing out of you. Is it this? Is it this? Is it that? No, there's something behind me. There's something that started and it's burning day and night. I can't help it when I get excited because it's a reality to me. It's real. It's more real than this physical building right here. Do you know that? Do you know that? Heaven, the rapture, eternal life in heaven, that's more real than it is right here. See, we know this is real. No, this is all a lie. Oh, you see it. Yeah, we're here, but that's more real there than it is here. Hard to fathom, isn't it? My, am I. Look what this Brother Bram said. What was the Welsh revival? Sirs, the Welsh revival is held in here in his heart. That's it. He was the Welsh revival. <clears throat> what is it? This a certain church we got to go to, or there's certain things? That, no, our Welsh revival has come off those tapes, those books, and it's come in my life. It's a reality now. That revival's in my heart. Whew. What building is it in, sir? It's in my heart. He was the Welsh revival. That's why the authority to say, you become the message of the hour as you receive the message of the hour. But God needs flesh to do it in. Still in this day. Nope, he hasn't quit. He's still going. Are we still going? Now's the time, brother, sister. <clears throat> those believers in Thyatira, I believe it's Thyatira age. <clears throat> I love that, what Brother Ram says about them. As the pressures increased, so did their service. Amen. Oh, you mean you don't stop going to church because of COVID? Oh, you mean you just, oh, because this little trial comes up? Oh, this over here, well, I guess I'll give me a little excuse to quit now and pull back. Shame on you. We're not stopping, brother, sister. What are we going to do? We're going to increase service. 
We're going to put on the afterburners on this last mile. We ain't giving up. We ain't going home. <laughs> We're going to stay and fight this thing till it's over. We ain't giving. There's no give up with us. There's no quit in us. Why? Because there's no quit in Christ. So when people quit, it shows you they never had Christ in their life. Because Christ wasn't a quitter. You know what Christ was? Christ was a conqueror. <laughs> I hope we've conquered every devil in here already. There's still some around. Well, sayonara. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You see, things can happen, though, in atmospheres. Births can take place in atmospheres. So if you've been thinking the wrong things, get your thoughts on the right things. Because your brother or sister might need it beside you. Your young person might need it. Your 10-year-old might need the Holy Ghost this morning. And you have got to keep the atmosphere right. That's your duty to this church. Get the atmosphere right. God sees that open door and says, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Now I can prove my resurrection power through their lives this morning. <laughs> Look at Brother Ram says, Jehovah Jireh, the branch is energized by the life of the vine. Therefore, Jesus has no lips tonight on earth, but mine and yours. Whew. He has no eyes but mine and yours. He has no hands but mine and yours. He energizes us. <clears throat> we bring forth his life as he brings it through us. You see, so God didn't give you just this power and this, this to stay, just to stay, well, I guess I'll just keep it here and, and a little, you know, you know, just to myself. And well, we'll just look for the rapture. Go spread it. Do whatever you can. If you're convinced, <clears throat> you're concerned. God help us never lose that concern. Amen? I don't care if he's a drunkard on the street. I don't care how far he's come. There's still hope for him. Why? Because there was hope for me back then when I was in that position. If God took somebody else out of the gutter, he can do the same here this morning. Every office, literally, he says, electrified by his presence. Huh. Ready to get into that tonight. You see why, young people, God needs you in this day? He wants you and he needs you. Because you see all the older ones here? If time will go on, they won't be here anymore. Who's going to fill their shoes? Who is God going to work through? Who is God? Which flesh is he going to work through? Can we be like Isaiah? Lord, here am I. Send me. <laughs> but clean me first. And then send me. And send me. Huh. My, my. Whew. How are we doing for time? Let's keep going. The problem is, is that when you know you're born again, here's the thing, my friends. You see, that's why you need that solid foundation in your life. 
you need those sacred grounds. Because I'll guarantee you, Satan's going to push you there sometimes. And if you don't have an anchor to point him to, if you don't have a point where it says, from this day on, at this time, something changed in my life. If you don't have that, you're as good as gone. He's going to push you right to that spot. And he may shake you right down to your foundation sometimes. And you say, I know, I know I'm a failure, but you know what? I know what he did for me. I know what he did for me, and I'm going to stand on that. That's going to hold you, brother, sister, in this wicked Lady Ocean age. It's that foundation. That's why Jesus said, you must, must be born again. Those words take on a whole new meaning, don't they? It's not an option. Because you know what? When God called you, <laughs> when God called me, he looked at Brent Gransky and says, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to factor in all his stupidities and all of his failures, and I see from him from the beginning to the end. And then I'm still going to call him. Let me just say this. I'm going to hit you out to the eyes. You know what? I think he recognized all of our stupidities too. He factored all them in when he called you. All your peculiarities, weird ways, you know. Me? I'm not weird. I'm not a quack. <clears throat> Let me give you an update. Uh, you are to somebody. You just go in the street there and you say, you know what I believe? What a quack. What a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but God knew what he was doing when he called you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have called you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <sighs> Don't look at your mistakes. You get right back up. <clears throat> look at Brother Bam says here. A couple quotes. Dandy quotes. We know we make mistakes, but you mustn't look at that. It's not your mistakes because you're going to have them. Stumbling and falling doesn't have one thing to do with it. But as long as you're in the path of duty, there it is. When you know you've come God's provide a way and you want to serve him and you love him, and that's what it comes down to, friends. If you really love him, and he knows that, he knows if you love him, you know what he does? He becomes obligated to you. You mean God's obligated to me, a worthless, wretched man and woman that I am? Yes, he is. He just brings you right back. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Brings you right back. What happens over here? Yeah, but look what this. There's no hope for me. Brings you right back. I may be going like this, but I tell you what, I'm getting closer to Brother Ed all the time. But you know what, though? You realize you have to go through the hall of critics first. <clears throat> and there's lots of critics. Look what he said here. This is a barn burner. Look at this one. But if somebody is trying to do something and yet making blunders, 
and you're doing nothing. Ooh. Then keep still of that thing. They're getting souls saved anyhow. So what are they doing? They're working against it. I'd rather be found making a mistake. Oh, I can't make a mistake. I'd rather be found making a mistake than crying on the sideline, criticizing those who are trying to do something anyhow. What does it tell you? That God wants your service. He took your flesh into accountability when he called you, when he gave you your gifts, when he gave you your calling. He says, I'm still going to work through flesh, and I'm going to work it through them. But through all these mistakes, he says, what mistakes? <laughs> You're perfect every day. <laughs> what sin? But God, that's, see, that's why it's pointless to go to God after you've been forgiven. Say, God, yeah, I know. See, remember what I did there? And God, I just, I wish you'd forgive me again. For I would say, what in the world are you talking about? <sighs> so let's not be found as a critic. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Look at this, though. You see, and that's why it's so important here to gather. I'm going to go on a bit of a limb on here. <clears throat> but you see things through the COVID era and those kinds of things. You see people with not that fervency anymore. Why? What have they been feeding on? I don't care if I'm sitting in a jail cell for 10 years. I'm still a Christian. And I still love him. And nothing's going to change that. It's been my, 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 my second time preaching here, the first and the last. <laughs> but let me just say this. If you willingly stay home when you can be here, there's something wrong with you. Sorry. I'm going to show you something here. You're more important than you realize. Oh, I'm just so-and-so. Well, just, ah, yeah, you know what? They won't miss me. Well, what if Brother Ed thought that? I'm just not going to come to church today. Are you serious? What if everybody did what you did? Oh, I mean my actions affect people? Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> you have no song leader. You have no musician. Well, I'll tell you what. We need you just as much as the song leader and the musicians and the preacher. We need everybody. Everybody plays a part. Your little prayer for that little person, Lord, be with so-and-so today. Be with so-and-so. Help that person that just went up to the altar. Yeah. Here's your purpose. Yeah. I love the message where it says, Brother, what was the success of that meeting? All those souls saved. Just a little washwoman in the back praying. Are you serious? I thought it was some super-duper big this, big that, big that. No, it's probably just a housewife praying. Earnestly for a few hours, and her name has gotten onto that soul. Her name is wrapped in that soul throughout eternity because she played a part, even though she didn't see it. But you'll see it one day. You think, What did I do for the kingdom of God? Oh, you'll find out. 
Just keep on keeping on. Amen. Keep on keeping on. Because you know what? Your testimony that you have inside. And you may look at other people and say, wow, they've got an incredible testimony. But every single one of you better and must and have a testimony. Right? So you know what your testimony can do to the other members of this congregation? Look what Brother Brown says. It's astounding me when I heard it. Our lives are not very much as long as we handle it ourselves. But once in the hands of the Creator, how He can take what little we got and press it out and feed the multitude. And you just remember that when you hear Jesus speak in your heart, just surrender all you've got to Him. Then He will go to multiplying it and feeding others by your testimony. So you say, isn't it just the preacher that's feeding people? Oh, no, there's a lot more people in here feeding others right now. (laughs) I sit in the congregation many times. Sometimes I've got a little distracted. Someone says a good old hearty, amen. I'm like, whoa, what did I miss? What did I miss? Whoa, 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 what's that? What was that? We said, I smell something something important. He fed me. (laughs) Really? There's lots of examples, friends. You can feed your neighbor this morning. You can feed your coworker. You can feed your family by your testimony if you got one. I remember coming from the world. You know what? I had friends make fun of me and make fun of me and make fun of me. All the time, yeah, yeah, Brent's doing this, some fanatic, gone over here, gone over there, doing this. And people made fun of me. But I overcame it one time, and it was different from that. But you know what, friends? Here's the point of it. Remember, <clears throat> some of those friends that I look back and I see where they're at, and I see where I'm at. I'm not looking at their bank account. I'm looking at the happiness they have. I got a whole whack load more than them. I felt led. Somebody called me the other day last summer and says, you know what, so-and-so just died. He was my age. He was one of the ones who criticized me. Something pushed me and pushed me. Said, you got to preach that funeral. You got to preach that funeral. So I offered to. I knew the parents. I saw. I came up, Lord, I was going by faith. Because there was unbelievers, there was make-believers, there was backslidden message believers there, believers, heathens. How do you preach that? But here I saw in the congregation some of those critics. God turned the story right around. Here I preached Christ to them. God will make your testimony. He'll make your testimony always start for the good. I don't care what you've gone through. He'll prove your critics wrong. If you got that something inside of you. My.
Let's move on. How about that? How long you guys preach for here? I don't like to be a long-winded preacher, okay? So. Is this okay still? You okay? All right. Thank you for feeding me. <laughs> You're going to pay for it. <clears throat> so we see Malachi 4 was fulfilled in our day. But we find out that was Brother Branham's scripture. But where's your scripture? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in the scripture? We're talking a bit about identity. Where do you identify in the scripture? Because if you identify, if you're born again, there is a scripture for you in there. So look at this. If his children, Brother Ram says, proving his word, will only take his word so he can prove it by you. That's the only way he can prove his word. Did you get that? He can only prove it by you and through you and in you to the rest of the world. He wants to prove himself in your life so he can prove himself through your life. And that's what I want you to trust, Brother Ram says, the merits of him. And then how you're going to get there is when every word is you, you punctuate it with an amen. Because it's the word itself trying to vindicate itself in your life. That's why it's so important not just to believe 98, 99, 99, 99, 99, but 100%. Why? Because of God's word that opens up that channels where he can vindicate itself in your life. My, my. That's why we say amen to every word. You see, God even wants to prove himself. Get this. He even wants to prove himself to you through your sickness. Oh, you mean it's not all bed of roses, Brother Ed? No. It is a battle. But what does God want to do with that? What does God want to do with your sickness? He wants to harness his sickness so he can prove himself to you. And he's still the same. He's still the healer. And then he's going to prove it through the the congregation and all your brothers and sisters. Through your testimony. How can he be so happy when he's so sick? I wonder why. You know, friends, some of the most encouraging people to my life have been, you know where they've been? In the hospital bed. You know that? They're just happy, and it's like, oh, man, I just, this and this, and they're happy. It's like, man, I was going there to encourage them, and they encouraged me. Why? Because they're living for another life. Their eyes are focused. It really don't matter what happens in my flesh. It really doesn't matter because I've got eternal life. I'm either going to live on this earth or I'm going to live in heaven. But I ain't dying. <laughs> I ain't dying. I ain't going nowhere but to the arms of my heavenly father. <sighs> he does that. And God so loved the character of Christ He so loved it. And Christ had to suffer. 
So through our hardships, our trials, our tribulations, our sickness, our afflictions, God is trying to prove himself to you. Do I ask for sickness? No, I don't. (laughs) No one wants sickness. No one wants trials. Let's be honest. Well, bless God, I love tribulations. Liar. We don't like it. It's not easy on this beast right here. But it builds character. It proves Christ to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers. Through this sickness, yes. Because the main thing of why we're on this earth is to prove Jesus Christ is still alive. In this day. And he's working through my flesh. That's it. I ain't going any quicker than I'm supposed to. Once I serve my purpose, I don't want to be here. Sorry. Because if God's purpose is done with me, I'm hitting it. I'm gone. (laughs) But as long as he's here, I want to have courage. I've got authority in my speech. I've got power. And I can use it anytime I want. Because he's given it to us. It's a fringe benefit of the Holy Ghost, you might say. (laughs) Wow. There's so much. You see, the devil's going to try to cloud that young people in your life. There's a word I use, and I love the word. First sermon ever preached. It's on the word potential. Potential. Don't you just love that word? Because it gives a real wide range. It can be as low as here, or it can be way over here. What does it depend on? You. (laughs) You. Wow. Potential means to be capable of achieving. Capable, potentially capable. I'll give you a natural example. This may just relay home to you a little better. <clears throat> How many knows of the hockey player named Connor McDavid? Sure, all you do, right? You better if you live in Edmonton, man. Like, no, that's not important. But do you think he was born with a stick and skates in his hand? And his gloves on his hands, skates on his, on his feet, a stick in his hands? No, he wasn't. In fact, really, his parents never had a clue the way he was going to turn out. So what had to happen before him to get to that level right where he was at? Again, a whole lot of practicing, a whole lot of dedication. But as he kept going along, every game he played, every slap shot he took, every practice hour, his potential started coming out. He started developing it. Because of what? You know what? It was always in him. And I wonder how many message believers in this day have so much potential, but they forfeit it to the devil. I want you to think on that. 
What potential is inside of you? What have you got? What have you got right now? Many times you won't realize it, young people. You couldn't plan your life out now if you tried. Oh, but yeah, I'm going to school. I'm going to be this job. Mm. You might get through two years and think, I don't like that anymore. I ain't going there. I'm doing this. All of a sudden, this brother offers you this certain job. It's like, hey, that's an opportunity. That's a great opportunity. Good money. And you know, he has a nice looking daughter. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's going to be what I'm doing. See, God's got your life all planned out. And he's got certain potentials that you can reach if your life is dedicated to him. As you keep feeding, you keep growing. As you keep nurturing that Holy Ghost in your life, some more things start pushing out. I started preaching the gospel when I was 40. Four years ago. Well, aren't you called in your 20? You may not. I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. God, why'd you call me when I'm 40? I have certain ways, my thoughts, but I don't know. But all I know is, though, when God speaks to your heart, when you've been serving the Lord as best as that you can, and God has a certain position and a certain plan, when you're in that path, He'll make it known to you. And you know what? You may get up here as a song leader and poof, I sure messed that one up. <laughs> I've been a song leader for 19 years and I've messed up a lot. Just ask my family. <laughs> Nervous and hot and oh, sorry, I can't believe it. Let's do this. Oh, why did I say that? Oh, I messed that up. Oh, I started in the wrong key. I did this, I did that. Don't look at that. Amen. Keep plugging away, keep plugging away. Because if God's called you to do it, let me give you an update. He's gonna equip you for it. If God's called you to be a minister, he's gonna equip you to be a minister. If God's called you to be a song leader, he's going to equip you to be a song leader. Amen. He ain't going to kick you out in the battlefield and say, go do this battle over there. Well, yeah, but Lord, I forgot. No, just go anyways. You don't need it. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I need the anointing. <laughs> I want to make sure and well that I was called before I did it. But when you know who you are, there, there's nothing that brings you such satisfaction in your life. To know you're exactly the way God placed you. But I'm just a housewife. You're a preacher. (laughs) You're a preacher, sister. You don't know what that young boy, that young girl is going to turn out to be. Because of you. Because what you preached to them, to what you showed them, what you didn't show them. (laughs) The tapes that you listen to, the Bible times you stood together, the prayer time, and your name's going to be wrapped in those souls just as much as him and her. Because of what you did and your sacrifice. Don't ever, ever take that for granted. That's the most wonderful calling you could have, sis. Wonderful calling. And you may not realize it here, and you probably won't to its full potential, but you'll realize it.
Oh, devil didn't like that one. Take heed, sisters. Never, never take that for granted, sis. Brother, serve your purpose as best as you know how. You see, I mean, maybe a mechanic, an engineer, plumber, electrician, I don't care what you are, do the best that you can. Serve God in that capacity. You might be a plumber, electrician, you say, yeah, but what, what, what have I done? That coworker, that God made you a certain way for a certain purpose in a certain time to work at a certain job and give you a certain personality to witness to this person. And you know what one soul is worth? One. One soul. It's worth over 10,000 worlds. Don't ever take it lightly. God's called you to be. We'll close soon. <clears throat> but that gift, those callings, those purposes, they always had to be nurtured. Always. You keep nurturing something and nurturing something, what happens with a plant? It goes down, it gets buried, you give it the proper water, you give it the proper sunshine, all those things, and guess what's going to happen? It's going to come to life. And friends, some of us, some of us message people need to get rid of some of the traditions that we got. Some of us message people need to get rid of some of the cultures we've stuck inside of the message. I think we need to bury some of them, don't you? And if your your religion doesn't have some emotion in, in it, you better bury that too. You know, but I, you know, I come from a German Mennonite, you know? Should be stiff and a little, you know, starchy, right? Brother, sister, all those things get thrown on the back burner and thrown in the trash. When you come into Christ and you know what he did for you and your life, all those things vanish away and you see heaven in a whole new view. Some people's favorite song is, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. That suits me just fine, Brother Ed. Bless God, I ain't going to move. I'll tell you what, I love that song. Hobart. <laughs> I tell you what, brother, sister, when the Spirit of Christ comes in a building and something doesn't get you happy inside, Something doesn't get you moving a little bit. Something doesn't get you saying, thank you, Jesus. Something's going to happen when Christ comes in the building. The people, God will know you're happy to be here. And all I want to do when he comes, Brother Bram says, entertain him. 
I want to wash his feet when he comes. I want to do him a service while he's here. I don't want to be just a pew warmer here. But I want to do my Jesus a service. Maybe a soft little weep or a soft cry. Whatever it is, you feel Christ. What is it? It's responding. I don't respond like that person. That's fine. But respond when he graciously comes. Respond. That's what he's wanting. I don't want to be a spectator, Brother Ed. <laughs> I want to be a participator. Because <laughs> you know, as a spectator, you can be fairly critical of others. When you're sitting on the sidelines, oh, look at that fanatic over there. Look at them over there. Why did they do this? Why did that? My, my goodness. Why did that coach do that play? I can't believe it. Spectator. I tell you what, if you were on the field, that might change the story a little bit. <laughs> Don't rub your brothers and sisters in the ground. Pick them up. Pick them up. Oh, but he made so-and-so mistake. Forgive and move on. Pick them up. Don't see what you can rub them into the ground. Pick them up. Encourage them. Call them. That's what a body does. Do they? Whew. My, my. <clears throat> I'm going to close. I'll say it this way. I'm going to close, I'm going to close, I'm going to close, I'm going to close, I'm going to close. I said it five times. I said it one more time, we're going to close. You see what the problem is, though, friends? A lot of times, and I'm not talking about personalities. Well, it can play into it. Some people are pessimists by nature. Some people are optimists. That's fine. But the whole thing is, is what you don't want to get is a negative attitude. Some people are negative, negative, negative. Oh, I know we live in this world, but everything that can be negative is negative in their life. Brother, sister, how can God work through that? Because let me give you a little update here. This message is positive. This Bible is positive. My life is positive. And where are we going to? We're going to a positive place. So everything about us should be positive. But I'm negative. You're looking through the sinner's glass. If you can see what God's done for you and the positivity that comes with it. Let me tell you what, brother, sister. It's nothing but positive from here on in. God can work through that. I don't know if God can. No, God will. God can, but he will and he has done it. I'm not going to be healed. I already am healed. That's positive. You know what the prophet said? I love this. He said, positive thinking on positive things. Yeah. Sorry, but I can't think positive about politics. Yeah. 
can't think positive of our governments. I'm sorry. They're wicked. They're corrupt. Yes, they are. So I can't think positive about that. God's works it out. But I tell you what I can be positive about. I can be positive about this. Because it shows my identity. I can be real positive about that because I read my name in this book. I read my name. And when he said there's going to be a catching away, I read my name in there. I read my name in eternal life. I read my name as those that'll be in that new city. I read my name and there's nothing but positive. Nothing but positive for the believer. But what if I die? Wonderful. I don't know about you, Brother Ed, but I, I tell you what, there's a whole lot of negativity in this world, and I want to see some real positive. <laughs> and you know what? My other half is positive, too. <laughs> Your theophany. You see, when you receive the Holy Ghost, that was a positive thing. It shows that you had representation there, and it shows you have a body there. Way younger than you are now, perhaps, and it's waiting for you there. And it says, I can't wait. I can't wait for those two to become one. <sighs> to become one. <sighs> that sounds positive to me. Whew. That's why, brother, sister, people keep falling. There's not that positive gospel inside of them. That's what it is. I ain't sugarcoating that. How can you be negative about something that's positive? I'm sorry, that don't work in my books, and that don't work in God's books. I give him something so precious, so wonderful, worth living for, worth dying for. And they're going to be positive about it. Why well, gave this message back to so-and-so? They never receive it. That's fine. Then the next person will. <laughs> I love that testimony, Brother F.F. Bosworth. Brother Bosworth, do you know you're dying? I can't die. <sighs> Told that right to the prophet. You see, Brother Branham, you see, see, I'm looking through a different lens. F.F. Bosworth died years ago. And I've got a different set of glasses. And I'm looking at eternal life. I'm looking where I'm going. I'm looking what all has been behind me. And I pressed and I fought and I'm fighting and now my battle's over. Here comes the reward. That is positive. What could God do in a positive atmosphere? What can he do? I'm going to ask musicians to come. It's always positive. 
I love what Brother Bam said. He said, Brother Bam, what if you pray for 500 people and they all die in the morning? Can you finish that for me? I'd still believe divine healing. I'd still keep praying for another 500 the next day. Because you do your job, then let God do his job. Because his ways are perfect. And our ways aren't. That's where trust comes in. My. Think of this. A positive gospel. Think of this. See, here's the power, the potential, potential power in this building. All right? God's done his part already. He's come. Because he said where two or three are gathered, he's come. So he's here. He's here. He's done his job. Now he's waiting for you. Now if God up there said, by his stripes you're healed, the Holy Ghost entwines. He brings that down by the power of God. Your heart is set on it and you say yes. Positive. Next man says yes. Look at You got double power. Yes. 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 He said triple power. Positive, positive, positive. Three people are positive. God says, all right, I can start. I can start with that. First thing you know, it becomes thousands, powers of yes. Then the Holy Spirit moves in and confirms the word of God with signs and wonders following. That's it. That's what we need. An expectation. God wants to show a continual vindication. Play something, says. God wants to show a continual vindication every single service. God, don't stop. God's not sleeping. God ain't taking Wednesday night off. Maybe like some of us do. You know, some of the greatest victories can come on a Wednesday night. Just when you think, I don't feel like going. I'm tired, kind of wore out, but you know what? I can tell you one time, and you as a believer will echo these words. It ain't been one time that I've come into the house of the Lord that I've regretted it. Why? Because he's always, always faithful, and he's always positive. And there's nothing but good news for him and the believer. No matter what he allows you to go through. Your life was made to vindicate the word. Thank you, Lord. That's why you're here. That's why you're called. That's why you got a purpose. That's why you come to church. That's why you call your called. That's why you serve him with all your heart. That's why you worship him. It's because you were meant to vindicate that word. To prove that he ain't dead. He's still alive. He's alive in my heart. He's alive in my brother. He's alive in my sister. He's all around. He's all over everything, in everything. 
He's in the trees. He's in the grass. He's in the soil. He's everywhere. As much as the world likes to get rid of him, they never will. He's everywhere. And he's right in your pew right now. Wonderful. And he's vindicating himself. Lord, I don't know the needs here this morning. I'm just a mortal man. But I do believe you spoke through me, Lord. To somebody. I do believe you want to vindicate yourself to somebody in a greater way. I believe that with all my heart. I believe you want to show your power through every single vessel here that today Every vessel that's dreaming this morning, every vessel, Lord, that's here in, in attendance, every believer, you're so wanting to and so willing to prove yourself to them. You're wanting to prove yourself that you still heal this morning. And we believe you can do it right now. We're believing and we know you want to prove yourself that you can still restore hearts you can still restore peace in a time of waves and crashing all around us getting worse getting worse and yet if we got the right glasses on it's only getting better because we heard our theophany calling one day and now our destination is set our time is limited on this earth do everything we can for the kingdom of God. As every heart is bowed in your presence, touch each heart here this morning. Every heart that needs a touch, you know the need. May you be so faithful and gracious now. Jesus Christ's name. El Shaddai, God of praise, God of praise, Lord Most High, Jesus Christ, as not. So we cry out your name. So we cry out your name, El Shaddai.
when I got Daniel in the lion's den. I thought I got you when I got John the Baptist. And I was sure. And I know now, now that you're in hell, I got you. But the king had one more move yet. The devil couldn't checkmate him. Because God had one more move. And what is he going to do, brother, sister? He's going to take a group of people. And this day, he's going to sweep them away. One day, our last words to Satan will be checkmate. You've lost the battle. You can't corner up our keg. We cornered you up. <laughs> you thought you had a move. But the king came around. Praise God. Do you love them? Aren't you glad you're one of them? Let's sing that before I give it back to Brother Ed. Key of A, sis. You know that's a Canadian key, right? A. Oh, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say one of almost everywhere. Oh, there are people almost everywhere whose hearts are still burning. The fire that fell at Pentecost, which cleansed and made them clean. Burning in my heart, all glory to his name. And I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Aren't you glad you're one of And we'll cleanse your heart from sin And we'll start the joy bells ringing And we'll keep your soul aflame It is burning now Oh, let it burn all day Amen And I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them I'm so glad I'm one of them Thank you. 